Welcome to Opinions Like A-Holes, everybody, your favorite pop culture podcast, where we have opinions and most of them stink. My name is Hilton Price. Michael Zampino is not with me this week, so I'm joined by Cam Porter. hey Hey, welcome back, bud. How's it going? It's doing well. Thanks for Good. sitting in. Absolutely. While we let Mr. Zampino head to uh, the, uh, the the terrible state of Texas uh, to go see the wonderful band, The Cure. Yes. Uh, no luck. Good thing and a bad thing, you know. It's, it's you gotta, tough. yeah. You gotta make sacrifices. <laughs> you gotta make sacrifices. Yeah. Um, we have a great guest this week. Jules Costa is with us. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for joining us for this week. Uh, Jules, uh, you caught my, uh, you've been performing in Tulsa. You're a fantastic comedian. Uh, and then you actually are, are not originally from Tulsa. You uh, came here through like an entrepreneurial program, right? Kind of. I came here through Tulsa Remote, which yeah. people have mixed feelings about. Um, but I was living in Richmond, Virginia before that. And before that, I was all over. So my family's originally from Brazil. Um, I had been living in Germany. I grew up a little bit in the Chicagoland area, so I. So was the all idea over. of going somewhere new is definitely part of your mo. Right? Oh yeah, and if, if they they were giving me ten thousand dollars to do it, so I was right. like, let's yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Well, that'll, that'll, that'll get you quite a ways in Tulsa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. Well, and as you started making waves in comedy, I learned that about you. And then most recently, I, I've seen you uh, really pushing uh, just kind of an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, both with your work with the Tulsa Idea Challenge, uh, and you've been trying to help other people in our community take advantage of that, and that's really cool. And then you're looking to start kind of your own entrepreneurial effort to benefit the local comedy scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tulsa has a great entrepreneurial scene, which is something that I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting the comedy scene. I wasn't expecting the entrepreneur scene, but everything in Tulsa is kind of up and coming. It's starting. And the great thing is that it's not as competitive as it is in other places. Mm -hmm. You know, like you go to Austin or you go to San Francisco, all these places, people are really aggressive, right? They're, they want to be sharks. They want to eat mm -hmm. up the guppies. Like it's, it's this really aggressive culture. And the nice thing about Tulsa is that it's small enough still that everybody knows each other. And if you're a dick, right, you're not going to make it. You're yeah. like, you can't. Like, yeah. it, so people are genuinely kind. They're genuinely trying to help each other. Um, and there's funding here, which, um, you know, in other places, it's really, really competitive. And here it's, I won't say easy, right, but you have a higher chance of getting funding for ideas, um, and most recently I was accepted into Builders and Backers, which is an accelerator program. They give you $5,000 to test an idea. Um, and I started like a resume thing that I can talk about later. Um, and then there's also the Tulsa Idea Challenge, which is what I encourage people. It, that was a two day program. I encourage people to go to that. Um, it just happened last month. Yeah, and like several of our, our mutual friends, uh, other performers and whatnot, uh, got selected for that. Yeah, and it, it was kind of like, it, it wasn't super competitive, but it was kind of competitive. Like 1,300 people applied, only 300 people got in. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. competitive. Yeah, and like at least like four comedians got in. Nice, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, and they were paired up with people. Um, you're paired up with a random person and kind of told to make an idea in, in 48 hours. And so it was a really interesting program, um, led by builders and backers, which is the same program that does the accelerator that I'm in. Yeah. And, uh, you got $300, whether you won or didn't win, um, you got $300 just for participating. Nice. And then the winners got various amounts of thousands of dollars. So so, I know for a comedian that $300 is good. <laughs> that's, exactly. Yeah. You know, you know, the, the, these are folks that are sometimes getting paid in, in bar tab, right. if anything at yeah. all. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, uh, I, I guess one of the things that really caught my eye is, is, is 
I would feel um, a little overwhelmed with a project like that because I would wonder what 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 idea. Like, mm-hmm. like, so can you give me and, and the listeners an example of like a kind of idea that, that would be worth taking to a project like this? Like, like what, what, what are they looking for? Yeah, I think that people are often overwhelmed by it because they think they have to have a fleshed out idea. Mm-hmm. And actually, the best ideas come from identifying a problem first. Mm-hmm. And we all know problems, right? Like, like we're, we're all sitting on like, we're you know, sitting in downtown being like, there's too much construction, right? Or yeah. like, there's way too many parking lots. There's no grocery store in downtown, yeah. right? We all have things that we complain about. And really, the best ideas come from, okay, what is something that enough people are complaining about that they might be willing to pay to resolve? Yeah. And do I have the skill set to fix that, right? Um, So you don't have to come up with like a business plan, right? That's never the first step to starting a business. The first step to starting a business is looking around and saying, okay, where is the gap here, right? Like what is something that everyone's complaining about and no one's doing anything about? Mm -hmm. And that's where you really want to focus your time. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I feel like, Cam, you can kind of speak to this a little bit because as a business owner, you just kind of – found a a project yourself that met a need in Tulsa. It was, I found a niche that I thought people would like to be filled. You know, I I opened a hobby gaming store uh, a couple of months ago and I made these themed dungeon rooms. um, Very, you know, people can come in and they can always thought would be cool to see. And before I opened, I drove, um, I had to go down to Houston to visit my anyways. I checked down there, Dallas. I went up to Kansas City. Like I went all over as far as I could to see if there was anything like it, and there wasn't. Yeah. So I figured, might as well do it myself. Exactly. And yeah. and, and, and that's kind of the, the and, and you know, I know that that, as a new business, it, it's got to be scary. It's got to be overwhelming. Yeah. got to be yeah. days you doubt yourself. Yeah, but, you know, especially the first month, like, I did way better than I was expecting to. Yeah. So that was definitely a nice little cushion to go forward on. That's yeah. a great sign. Yeah. There was demand. Exactly. And it's yeah. been neat to see how it's been evolving over time. Like uh, uh, Mike and I stopped by last week uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, listeners may remember on the Facebook page, I shared some video about all of the 3D printed models mm-hmm. that you have for use in store mm-hmm. or for purchase. Yeah. And that's something you didn't have week one. I didn't, know because I didn't, I, I can't do that stuff myself. I'm very computer illiterate. So yeah. all that 3D printing I thought was cool, but I could never figure out myself. But just having the place, people came in and they're like, hey, I make this stuff mm-hmm. and I've been looking for a place to showcase it or sell it. And I'm like, yeah, bring it in. I'll buy it and I'll resell it, you know, and um, met a guy who makes a bunch and he's like, I just want to put these out here for people to use. So like if they rent a dungeon or rent a table, they can just use this stuff. And I'm like, hell, hell yeah, right on. More incentive for people to come in and rent the space, you know? And I love yeah. it too, because, you know, it, it's really the bringing together of two people that have uh, similar needs, mm-hmm. but slightly different offerings. Exactly. You know, you have the store in the space. He has the product. Exactly. There's a, a similar theme. And you guys are, are two local not to throw that word around again, but entrepreneurs <laughs> working together for a common goal. Yeah. yeah. And that's so much about like what you're doing is trying to find uh, what you're trying to do. Jules is to find other people in our community that have these ideas and need that direction. And you just seem like you have this wealth of knowledge when it comes to this process. Yeah. I, I was born with hubris. Like I, like <laughs> I was born with just an unearned confidence <laughs> of like a rich white guy, like I will go and I will fail, and I did fail. Like I, I, I failed so many times. I failed bad enough that I had to live in my car. Like you know, I like I've failed. Yeah. And I think that 
people are so scared to fail. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to instill is like, hey, like, you don't have to fail as bad as I did, right? Like, you don't have to fail to the point of losing housing. But fail small, right? Fail, like, embarrassment, right? Mm -hmm. Something that I... It's it's so interesting to me because comedians have overcome that, right? Like, if you are willing to get on stage, you are willing to face the failure of embarrassment, right? Of, like, this joke did not land, everyone's looking at me funny, and I just have to, like get off stage with my head bow, you know, like yeah, to the right. ground. Um, but n- people can't always make that bridge between failing in that way and failing with like an entrepreneurial idea or mm-hmm. with a business, right? They're like, oh, I could never pitch this idea. Like, I'm not good enough. Like, yeah. I don't have a solution, whatever. And I'm like, just try, just t- start talking about it and see how people are reacting, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the first step. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think that word and concept is, is overwhelming to people. They they it, it, failure. It, well, entrepreneurial. Oh yeah. Uh, the the idea that 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 so much of your success comes from some sort of uh, inane internal force and energy that you turn into good work and great mm-hmm. ideas and and it, it you know like I remember um, years and years ago when I was first starting out in comedy and I'm, I'm on a plane with somebody and I'm talking a little bit about how I was putting on shows and uh, producing my own uh, show posters and hanging them around town this is when I was a little more analog mm-hmm. than I am now and he turns to me and he goes you know you're an entrepreneur and, and he was uh, uh, very much in a, a self-help kind of mode where he, mm. was tra- he had a program he was trying to push. So, he, so his, his motives were a little mixed, but I very much rejected that idea because I was like, no, I'm just a, just a comic trying to get butts in seats, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. But there is more to it than that. And I think that's the thing that people don't always realize is you may already have some of these skills, some of, these, um, di- some of this direction already, and it's really just about focusing it. And, yes. and maybe getting some guidance from someone that's that's been through the process and knows that, hey, you, you might end up in your car for a little bit, but that's not the end of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you were saying, too, like, I don't I don't know if I would have had the confidence to even, like, think about doing this idea had I not done comedy for 10 years. Because, like you said, like, I bombed so hard so many times. <laughs> it was just like, okay, that's part of the process. Like, now I know how to, from learning that, from how to bomb to how to retool my material and get better, I feel like I can do that same in the business. You know, if I have to pivot, if something happens, I feel like I have the confidence to do that now. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't agree more with everything that y'all are saying. And this is part of why I want to start the Tulsa Comedy Fund, um, which is a project that I'm trying to get off the ground to get comedians in Tulsa paid and also try to fund comedians to go to other towns outside of Tulsa. Um, And because comedy is an art, and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of comedians think about their comedy as an art. You know, you're in your head a lot. You're testing out ideas. You're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what works. But comedy is also a business, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I'm a business person. (laughs) I, 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 I look at it like that. And money is such an important part of the equation. But comedians do have basically all of the skills that make a good entrepreneur, right? Like the the confidence to, to test ideas, mm-hmm. to just go and test ideas out in the open. Uh, networking, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be talking to people. Like if you're going to get booked on shows, yeah. like you can't just, you can't be a recluse, you know? Yeah, you got to yeah. make friends. You got to talk to people, figure out who's booking shows. Um, marketing, right? Yeah. What you were saying, Hilton, putting mm-hmm. up po- posters and making Facebook posts and trying to get your friends and family and strangers out into a show. Like, all of these things are components that make a good entrepreneur. And 
it it's so interesting to me that we've kind of blocked at, at least in I don't know in in our community and what I'm seeing we've kind of blocked off comedy as like oh well it's this like artistic mm-hmm. thing and you're kind of supposed to be a starving mm-hmm. artist and you're kind of you know supposed to like the struggle is part of it yeah, yeah. and I'm like oh why can't we just get paid man yeah why can't we do, yeah. <laughs> why can't we yeah. do both like you're entertaining people you're bringing value you're giving people to do on whatever night yeah. of the week that's get paid for it yeah yeah in yeah. something Absolutely. other than booze you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. well and, and 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 so many creative people are so used to especially when they're starting out to get paid in the dare i say it exposure mm-hmm. you know and, and it, yeah. that that gets cemented as an acceptable thing and yes you know your first couple of weeks or months as you're really learning the ropes not everybody deserves to necessarily right. get cash money yeah. when you're starting out in a new creative venture but if it's something you stick with long enough that you're starting to, if you're seeing positive feedback, yeah. then then it's time to start looking into to being paid. If bookers yeah. are seeking you out mm-hmm. and specifically asking you to be on their shows, they should pay you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely can't come on the scene immediately and be right. like, I deserve, I deserve yeah. all the money. Yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, w- once you've solidified, you know a 10 minute set like it, it takes a long time to get to a 10 minute it does, set exactly. I, it does. I remember i started off in comedy in tulsa not very long ago so like a, like a year and some change mm-hmm. ago right and i remember going up during open mics and i could barely make it to three minutes mm-hmm. like i like i felt like mm-hmm. a teenager having mm-hmm. sex for the first time mm-hmm. like i like i was just like finishing early awkward like bye yep. i'm off stage yep. mm-hmm. to get to the point where you have 10 minutes of solid material where you know, maybe the audience isn't like laughing the whole way through, but they're at least engaged. Yeah. They're yeah. paying attention yeah. to you the whole way through. It takes so much time. Yeah. Yep. And and people again, they they spend so much time on the creative that they forget that there's business uh, as well, or they forget that they are they are also learning the skills to do business exactly. along the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, you know, I um. Uh, I've been doing comedy for about 15 years now, and, and I've always been based in Tulsa. And a lot of that was I found a lot of great opportunities here that mm-hmm. kept me here, like Nude Art Show and 80s Prom and, and, and when I was uh, producing Dr. Sketchy's a few years back. Uh, but another reason is, frankly, fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the idea of quitting my job and going full time and becoming a road comic is scary. Yeah. And yeah. I've got bills and I've got health insurance and I've got yep. stuff that makes me go, well, maybe I don't want to take that risk. And a lot of comics feel that. Well, and also like on the getting paid aspect, it costs money to expand. Not yes. only, you know, putting yourself out there, but like if you want to um, submit yourself to a festival, you have to pay a submission fee. Yep. Yeah. That costs money. And if you're not making money in, it's hard to justify putting that money out there if you're not going to make anything off of it. And, and you brought up a great thing is, is the festival uh, charge because that's one of those things that I, I, have, I have constantly seen this argument about uh, and we're seeing it again as mm-hmm. things ramp up for festival season this year. Uh, Blue Whale Comedy Festival is getting ready to wrap up. I, 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 I've chosen to sit this year out at Blue Whale. I tend mm-hmm. to do every other year. But the one thing I've always felt is that when I pay my submission fee, yeah, it sucks to pay 20 or 30 or whatever it is, uh, however much money to, to, to be considered, and I may not get it, and it may be a waste of my money, but also I know that I love the Blue Whale Comedy Festival, mm-hmm. and I love what it does for comedy in Tulsa yeah. and how it elevates it, and I want them to have support. Yeah. And if, if it means that I can afford an extra 20 bucks 
then that's great. But again, also, you know, and I talked about the fear uh, of, of committing to comedy full time. Another reason it was easy for me to, to stick with my day job is because my day job kept my bills paid. Right. And kept me fed. You know, right. If I was struggling financially, it would be a different situation. But I am kind of comfortable, not yeah. not wealthy or anything. But right. Comfortable enough. Yeah. And because of that, too, I don't mind paying those submission fees because I've got that right mm -hmm. now, you know, or at least I will on Friday, on payday, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But a lot of comics, especially when you're young, you're, you're also still getting yourself situated in the workforce, you know. Um, you may not have that kind of extra cash. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea that the Co Tulsa Comedy Fund might be able to help a comic who wants to participate in a festival but simply can't afford it. Yeah. It's easier to spend other people's money. Like that, <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, and, and and it's you know I like. I think two things that came up for me is one, it's easier to spend other people's money. Like I I, I think that it's good to have dedicated money that is just for this. Like here's your twenty dollars to submit instead mm -hmm. of here's twenty bucks do what you want to do right. with it right because that could go towards anything. Yeah. Um, and then two though is that. It's so much easier to be creative when the money part is covered. Yeah. Yeah. And I I I think that there's this weird like, well, but like struggle brings the creativity. You know, everyone wants to be Vincent van Gogh, right? Like and it's like but like A does it? Like are you actually more creative? Are you better when you're worried about bills? And then B like why you know like yeah. for what like if 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 this thing that you're doing not that it has to get you paid super well you know but but if it's literally draining you yeah. right then like is it even worth pursuing in the first place i don't have any way to prove it but i feel like there's got to be some kind of diminishing return well i think we can see that money i mean we can see from Elon Musk, even if you're the wealthiest man in the world, you're still painfully unfunny. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't really think that... That's true. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, not everyone agrees with me, but I, I really feel like as Dave Chappelle's worth has gone up, the funny has gone yeah, down. Absolutely. Like, like, yeah. They just be yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, He's but, just not motivated anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I'll be fine either way. <laughs> I feel like struggle does give you challenges, give you material. I think... But I, I, struggle also gives you stress. And stress can also mean that you're too focused on the stress to write. Yeah. So I feel like may, maybe there is some value to challenge or struggle, but it's there's diminishing returns. It's got to hit a point where, you know, if you're poor and hungry, you're not that funny. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. or, or and I'm sure it's different for every art form, but like for comedy, like I don't, like I was in the same boat as Hilton. I had the same job for 20 years. I was doing okay, so like I could go out and experiment a little bit, but. When I first started comedy, my first like three years of comedy were vastly different than what I eventually became because I wasn't comfortable on stage. I, and it, it took me just bombing over and over again to say, okay, I need to completely change my act, change how I write, all this stuff over and over again. So I think, I mean, with comedy at least, that's the test of it is just you got to fail and yeah. learn from your mistakes and get better. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but... I think that's why I'm I'm going into this trying to just take like let's take the money part out of the equation, yeah, right? Yeah. Like like even if the comedian themselves only wants to focus on the art form, like somebody has to worry about the money. That's very true. You know, that's very true. Like yeah. somebody has to do it and and I I guess I'm, you know, I'm trying to be that person. Like let me worry about the budgets and the stipends and the fundraising. So that you can do whatever it is that you want to do with mm -hmm. comedy. I think that it's an, 
I think it's important. Like I think no, comedy is important. Yeah. I think entertainment is important. Yeah. I think that I think we should be paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. At Absolutely. the end of the day. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think I, I think most comics want to understand the business. Mm. I, I think we have a few people, especially lately, I, I've seen a little bit of a, an influx of folks who are very much enjoying the hobby of comedy. They're just there because of a, a creative outlet. They're just there to make some friends and and see if they can crack a joke or two. Mm-hmm. They're not. Yeah. I, I've met more people in the last two years who who aren't planning to go anywhere with this than, yeah. I, than I ever have before. Yeah. And but I think that's yeah. I think that's valid as well. I yeah. mean, that's if you just want that creative outlet and you're fine just doing it locally, then more power to you. I want yeah. a world with more art, with yeah. more yes. creativity, yeah. with more expression, and more individually fueled expression. Yeah. And if that means that it's there's a couple of folks uh, um, uh, in our scene who who are taking up open mic slots and we know we're never going to pursue it, but they're fun and funny and vibrant on stage. More power. Yeah. More yeah. power. Yeah. Because yeah. I've sat through enough terrible comics uh-huh. <laughs> trying to make it yeah. that I will take this over them any day. Yeah. Yeah. And the community is such a big part of it. Like, people are anxious. A lot of people have mental health stuff. And they come out to the comedy scenes and, like, yeah, getting on stage is therapy or whatever. But I think the other part that's therapeutic is just having other people who aren't scared of you talking about your problems. You know what I mean? And and just having that community of people who don't take life too seriously. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, but for the record, for listeners, um, uh, do also go to therapy. Like, yeah. <laughs> very important. We, we, we want you working yeah. on your your stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and then make make good jokes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. We watched a couple of trailers uh, before we sat down. Uh, we've got a, a wild one in this new Emma Stone film, Poor Things. Now, this I could a... not tell what was going on. Mm, yeah, I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> Ditto, but it looked beautiful. It looked good. Yeah, like whatever it was, it looked very surreal. The settings, the vibrant colors, and, and then of course a gorgeous cast uh, with, with people like uh, Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem uh, Dafoe. Yeah, yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe with some a bunch of scars on. It looked like Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. I uh, am curious to see what that does. You know, teaser trailers are always interesting because they're very much about just setting a theme or motif, mm. but but not giving you a ton of details. But I'm curious to see more of this. Yeah. Do you guys know the director, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos? Uh-uh. No. I, I, I wasn't familiar with him either, but he was written about uh, in this article from Polygon about as if he's someone of note. Um, okay. Uh, he did uh, The Lobster and The Favorite. Oh, I did see The Lobster. I remember The Lobster was that. very weird. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was... Uh, was that um, William H. Macy? No, it was... Um, oh, my God. It's Justin Long? No. I'm just going to start naming names. <laughs> oh, my God. And Firth. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Colin Firth is Had not to be a Colin. Irish. Yeah, it was a Colin. Yeah. If it's Irish, it's most likely <laughs> yeah. a Colin. Okay, Rachel uh, Wise, Olivia Coleman, who I yeah. love, John C. Riley. It's yeah. a it's a it was a really weird movie, but it was good. Okay. It was very art house. Yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, reading a little bit of the in dystopian near future, according to the laws of the city. I don't need to read anything else. That's weird and wild. Yeah, That's yeah. Already. The <laughs> yeah. laws of the city with a capital C. Or it's basically know. like if you don't, from what I remember, if you don't like conform to society, you get turned into an animal. 
and like his like brother gets turned into a dog or something, and then the woman he falls in love with gets turned into a lobster, but he doesn't want to leave her. It's really weird. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. I would rather be an animal. Is that Honestly, a punishment? I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I'd I'd much rather be a dog. And, yeah, yeah. And for your punishment, you get to lay around all day. <laughs> yeah, right? like, yeah. Somebody brings you food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they love you and cuddle you. <laughs> yeah. There's this little rabbit that lives right around our property, and I see him when I go outside. Uh, like earlier, uh, right before you got here, mm. I went out to see if either of you guys had pulled up just make sure everybody found their way here and uh he was out there and i did uh, mean hey bunny and and he ran off but but i would be him because he yeah. seems He'd to have a good situation yeah he's just free he's yeah. free but he's still chill here on the property mm-hmm. like he seems relatively safe i yeah. see him all the time so he seems content he's got a nice little setup yeah got a little bungalow yeah yeah i uh i i, I should it's get him some life. carrots <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but this uh, uh, a little uh, excuse me, poor things. Uh, I, I definitely want to know more at this point. Mm-hmm. And I like Mark Ruffalo a lot. So anytime I see him, I'm feeling kind of soothed. I like Rami a lot. Have you seen his show? No. It, Which I, one's that one? It's called Rami. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that's his show. He's Muslim American. Um, just really great show that explores a lot of different themes. I've I've never seen him as like an actor in a. Is this a, this is a film? Uh, poor things, yes. Yeah, yeah a film. I've never seen him as an actor, so I'm interested <laughs> that he's in there because I really like his his work in nice. general. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know uh, Rami Youssef. You're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know him very well at all. Uh, but I'm gonna check out the show. What's it on? Ooh, I'm okay. the wrong person <laughs> to ask. <laughs> I'm gonna see. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the Where Can I Stream It, which is my favorite website ever, and so often has the answers I don't want. I don't um, have any streaming services. I only watch things like with my friends. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, affordable, and yeah. I, I respect that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I respect that. I, I would love to be that guy. Uh, I'm not yet. Um, I'm gonna pull up Rami real quick and see where we can find that. Maybe. <laughs> uh, we also watched another trailer, uh, still a documentary about Michael J. Fox. Um, I'm kind of excited to see that. Just yeah, yeah. I just really like Michael J. Fox. I just wanna yeah. Yes. Yeah. He gives me hope as like a sh- a shorter person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he's had a great career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just learned the business. You know, there you go. <laughs> uh, Rami is on uh, Hulu. If you're watching, okay. also Hulu. Apple TV and Disney Plus. So. Uh, look at all them options. Cool. I was actually terrified when you told me this was an entertainment podcast because I spent a year without internet. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I can tell you about DVDs that I rented from the library. That's actually- I on... still have, uh, I have 700 VHSs that yeah, I still- no way. Yeah, I still collect VHS. So yeah. yeah. You're in good I'm right company. there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Theme. So cool. Also, uh, Zampino and I have kind of made it uh, a running gag on the show that we will get into conversations about stuff that we know next to nothing uh. about. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to entertainment, you know, we'll get in deep on movies we have not seen. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, also, uh, it, it, it's there's so much out there. This is a recurring thing we always come back to: is that you can have a full life of entertainment mm. and still be so siloed away yeah. from everybody else. There's so sure. much out there. Yeah, you don't even. I mean, there's so many niches of like whatever you're into. Like you mm-hmm. could only like professional wrestling and have enough of that to last you a lifetime. Fact. Yeah. Especially uh, in the days of these streaming empires, you know, uh, so Cam, you and, and Zampino used to have a show, uh, Styling and, and Profiling mm-hmm. with Cam and Zamp. Where we talked about wrestling. And you talked about the old wrestling specials, like yeah. WrestleMania 1. The old pay-per-views, and, yeah. And a lot of that was, uh, at the time, didn't one or both of you have like the WWE Network? So I had that, yeah, I had the WWE Network where they had all their old... Um, WWF, 
WCW, ECW, a whole like load of stuff. You're talking hundreds of hours. Oh, hundreds of hours. So yeah. you're not even kidding. Like if you just were like, I'm a wrestling yeah. dude, yeah. you could wrestle watch till the yep. day you die. And that's just one company. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And and you say, you know, over on Disney Plus, you know, I could I could just Disney it up for the next yeah. 40 years if I yeah. wanted to. You know? I have an obsession with Zootopia. It's funny really? that you mentioned oh, it. That was a okay. great movie. Is it? It's a great it's movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Apparently, they're making a second one. Oh, really? Oh, good. They made a really good, like, short series where they dive into individual characters' lives. Nice. That's cool. I'm obsessed with the little Godfather character. Oh, what oh he was the little uh, little hamster guy? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. comes out, he, the polar bear like spins. Yeah. The, he, yeah. yeah. It was a really funny movie. It was good. Okay. It's a yeah. great movie. See, that's another one too is uh, during the pandemic, <laughs> I, oh, nice. I started making it a point to um, watch a lot of the movies that I'd missed growing up. Mm-hmm. Like Disney after like 95 or so, I kind of fell off. Yeah. So I went back and I watched uh, Hercules, uh, even getting later, I watched Frozen, uh, and then some of the new stuff that was coming out, and um, that is fun, and that's been great, catching up on stuff and, and getting these little pieces of just zeitgeist, of cultural zeitgeist that, that everyone else was into, you know, like Zero to Hero, mm. or, you know, like mm-hmm. Let It Go, you know, like, I get that now, you know? I just recently yeah. watched Mulan for the first time, because oh. I, oh. I got that on VHS, and so I was like, all right, I've never seen this one, I'll watch it. It was great. Oh, right? it makes yeah. me cry. Yeah, it was Such awesome. a good movie. Yeah. yeah, see, that's another one I haven't seen, but I know I yeah. need to. I'm yeah. actually surprised, I remember when Disney Plus came out, and everyone was kind of like, is this gonna work? Oh. Like, isn't this too niche? <laughs> and but then they oh, bought it, Fox and they bought Star Wars and they bought Marvel and then yeah yeah and it yeah. took off. Yeah. I mean, I I would probably sign up for Disney Plus just to watch Zootopia Part Two. I that's the one I use the most just because it has all of the Simpsons on it, oh. and so that's what I just go back to and watch the most. It, yeah. It's such an easy yeah. Like if I need good background TV, I'll throw on a Star Wars movie yeah. I've seen a million times. You yeah. know, and it's it's just such a it's got most of my comfort watch yeah. stuff over there. Yeah. Um, but but in in rewatching, or excuse me, or watching the first time all these movies that I'd missed, and, and I, I you know I, I didn't just watch Disney. I watched like Hunt for Red October and stuff like that too. But I'm is I realize that while I'm trying to catch up on the stuff that I've missed from 10, 15 years ago, I'm missing stuff today. Right. So it's it's a never ending cycle. Yeah. So so you really just got to pick what you like. And realize you're gonna miss stuff and, and accept it and move yeah. on. You know? Well, and it's not like it's going anywhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can always come back and watch it twenty years from now. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But in twenty years, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're gonna have the the new Obi Wan series true. where he's a four hundred and ten year old ghost. Where you and McGregor finally <laughs> looks like Alec Guinness. <laughs> yep, yeah. yeah so. It's all gonna be VR. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. It's all gonna be AI generated. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Have you seen there's a movie trailer? That's Lord of the Rings meets Wes Anderson. Yes. I'll see that. <laughs> That's it's all great. AI generated. <laughs> That's such a great one too because it is a really good fake. Like, yeah, it like is. There's it, it does not have the warped hands or faces. Like there's a scene where there's like a dwarf and a little group of other dwarves, mm-hmm. and I just pause it and I'm staring at it, and it looks a little too perfect. Mm-hmm. You can tell there's something up. But it doesn't have like the. Did you guys see the the death metal concert at the Golden Corral? 
uh, AI art prompt that went no. around last week. No. That was wild. That was like, um, <laughs> what was the the metal uh, animated TV show on? Uh, Metalopolis? Metalocalypse. Metalocalypse and a golden crown kind of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Like okay. those kind of guys yeah. with the long dark hair. That's and the, funny. And, and and it was it was amazing. But, you know, you zoom in on the faces in the back uh-huh. and you can tell, so you know. Weird. Yeah. yeah so. But all of the AI stuff is getting so good. And the prompts... Yeah. Like we started off with like prompting, but now we're getting into like refinement prompts. Yeah. And the more that you can refine what you're making, I oh, it's game changing. It it, it is. It's uh, scary. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it's it's concerning for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I'm I, I try not to rail against progress, but I mean, there's elements about it that you know the. The ability to fool people is, is of course, concerning. Mm. And, and I'm not a big fan of where the they're getting the, the prompts, the material to to answer the prompts, because that's technically stolen art. Yeah, that is stolen art, and I think that that's a huge conversation right. in AI. Sorry, I work in AI. Yeah. So <laughs> this is, <laughs> I, can, I can keep talking about it. Yeah, I love it. But um, it's a huge conversation about ethics. And yeah. I think that more and more what it's going towards is if you're using something original, it needs to be paid for yeah. somehow. Right. And yeah. and there's lots of ways to do that. And I know that NFTs kind of like came and went, but like, this is a really good like use case for NFTs is if you NFT your art, every time it's used to generate something, you're paid a little bit, okay. you know, yeah. like that's a really good use case. Um, can I ask you a question though? Then yeah, uh, off that idea, and, and I and I I have the understanding of NFTs like an like an ant trying to understand a semiconductor, but um, the um, so even if like let's say we took a, an image and and there was an NFT, you could still make a like a a screen cap that was just an unblockchain JPEG of that image, couldn't you? And then the AI prompts could use that essentially removing it from any traceable system. I don't have enough knowledge on NFTs specifically to answer that question. I can tell you one thing is going to be quality, right? Right. Okay. Um, Like if if you're just taking a bunch of JPEGs that are screenshots, your (laughs) AI generated thing is going to suck. So it may not even be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing is that I'm pretty sure, and don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that the technology actually protects against that. Does it? Okay. I I think. Which that would make sense. And I would hope so. And and again, that's why I'm, you know, very much, you know, overwhelmed child with the science. Yeah. But the second thing that's actually happening is that is, is, or is synthetic data is, is the thing that's coming up is that basically instead of using data that already exists, you're generating data first. So it's like generating random data and then making stuff off the synthetic data. So like technically there's no artist, there's no originator. It's just synthetic data. That's that's So instead of like grabbing stuff out of the ether, it's making its own and then compiling it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the other route that it might go towards and, you know, there's oh, ethical concerns with, I think, both of those. But yeah. um, all I know is I watched yeah. way too much Terminator as a kid and too much AI terrifies me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, the thing that terrifies me is kind of it is not like the Terminator version, but is like the you know, do you remember the movie Her? Yeah, 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 it, yeah. It's that version. It's people becoming, becoming so dependent on it. And, and yeah, emotionally invested yeah. in these AI yeah. 
friends? Well, I don't already, know what to call it. I've yeah. already seen a bit of that, like on Reddit and on TikTok, of people those like AI chatbots of people like falling in love with those chatbots. Yep. Yeah, it's like, bro. Yeah, or you know, therapy's so expensive in this country, yeah. and mm-hmm. and you know, you can go there and you can tell the AI all the problems, and yep. it's going to be wildly supportive. Like, it that to me is the scary part. Is yeah. like, how yeah. is this going to change human engagement? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, where you know humans are always are already not the best at discerning. Uh, you know, uh, take the old uh, the erotic dancer really likes me. <laughs> you, you know, or, yeah. or, a, yeah, yeah, or a flirty or a customer service oriented bartender seems like she's flirting. Yeah, uh-huh. you know that kind yeah. of thing. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Uh, it's uh, so she's getting paid to be nice to you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You mentioned Reddit, and and, and it reminded me of uh, uh, an Am I the asshole post. You guys know Am I the asshole? Mm-hmm. On yeah, I love. That's a yeah. great yeah. sub. Reddit. Great and, and it was a guy was uh he was wondering you know he told his buddy like you know the stripper doesn't really like you and, and the friend gave him shit about it. it's like am i the asshole for telling him and everybody in the in the in the chat is like nope no nope, you were doing him a favor <laughs> <laughs> help your buddy out um but yeah uh so that um you know ai obviously is a big certain it's funny you mentioned terminator because last night i was up at uh, starlight and i on my way there i was thinking about ai a little bit and and i was you know i, I realized that the one thing i kind of enjoyed about it was the the chance that you know maybe you know obviously not tomorrow i'm very happy with my life but 20 30 40 years from now maybe i could be the first person killed by a robot <laughs> <laughs> that's turns, fair tr- that's more than fair yeah. it turns out it's not though because the first person killed by a robot was robert williams in 1979 fuck yeah <laughs> so i got into a whole bit about when uh, about the five people who have been killed by robots. Uh, number five so is technically good. iffy because it's really just an unmanned Uber. But <laughs> and then I compared the dates of those murders to the dates of the Terminator films, and there is a correlation. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Yeah, uh, no shit. Terminator and Terminator Two came out, and apparently we we spooked them. There was not a there was not a, a, a robot related human death for like fifteen years. No, like they like, make more Terminator. Movies. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. Is we made three, we made Genesis, we made Salvation. They were like, oh, you know what? Fuck it, we can take them. Oh. <laughs> All then, we're doing is just making them stronger, right? <laughs> After twenty thirteen with Salvation, then in twenty fifteen they had two robot yeah. deaths or, or human deaths from robots. Oh, so that's when they were God. just like, okay, that's no clearly. Hilarious. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. We can take them. So I love that bit, Hilton, because it's so clearly just based off of like a Wikipedia hole that yes. you like oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. into. Absolutely. It was yeah. a lot of what yeah. year did this come out? <laughs> yes. When did the second person die? Oh, from that's a robot? so good. Yeah. But I, uh, so needless to say, last night at the Starlight in about 10 minutes, I learned a lot of names and dates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we were talking uh, about, uh, we watched the second trailer still about Michael, Michael J. Fox. And I was thought it was really neat to see um, how much uh, he has just grown up and how much he was a child when mm. he yeah. was uh, on the top He's of the entertainment world. Yeah. He is, yeah. I mean, you know, even which, like Back to know, the Future 3, like he was, what, early, mid-20s maybe? It had to be. It yeah. had to be, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pull up his uh, his info right here. Yeah, 1961, so he's what? Uh, he's uh, uh, 63, uh, okay. 62 at this point. Uh, 60, or yeah, it says 61, but I think that's off. Come on, Wikipedia, get your shit straight. Uh, but yeah, but of course, in some of the biggest shows and movies in the 80s, mm-hmm. and then uh, his um, Parkinson's diagnosis, it looks like in the documentary, like maybe he kind of learned about it and kept it quiet. Yeah. So Yeah. I remember yeah. reading something, I think it was an interview with him, where he talked about he was on some... And they mentioned it on that he was on some like medication that had just come out that was able to suppress it for a long time, yeah. but eventually it stopped working. Which uh, uh, it had to be very scary to be to be working and right. knowing that there's that kind of um, deadline, yeah, breathing yeah. over your shoulder. Yeah. 
so that's going to be on Apple TV. So that looks very cool. Uh, another show that I won't get to see right now. Maybe one day you'll get me again, Apple. Um, <laughs> but then um, we want to talk a little bit about the writer strike because uh, I noticed that that is being blamed on streaming services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the holdouts is allegedly uh, to get writers paid a little bit more has been Netflix. And then, of course, it raises the question, what will it do to streaming prices uh, if they get their deal? Which I hope they will. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Writers need to be paid. But like, like, like our, our running theme for the show yeah. is really, <laughs> yeah. should be paid. Creatives need to be yeah. paid. Yeah. yeah. Which I remember that was like the big in 2007 when the writer strike happened back then. That was the problem, too, because that was like when streaming was first becoming popular. Yep. And the writers were saying, like, you know, we were getting paid residuals for stuff on network TV, but now we're not getting any money for stuff on streaming. Right. So they finally worked out a deal on that. But I guess, I mean, that deal's been stagnant now for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I got to say, like, I'm, I'm one of the people that's got, like, three or four of the services right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just paying for cable differently. Right. But I... I may cancel a few to adjust my budget, but if it means that writers are being paid more, I'm fine with a price yeah. increase. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. that's okay, you know. Like I'm people. Same with restaurants. You know, I've been saying for a while now that we have been living a lie of restaurant cost in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, restaurant dishes don't cost that cheap. Yeah. Yeah. We're just screwing waiters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know that some places with tips, they're making bank and they're they're very happy with the tip system, but there's plenty of places where they're going home with nothing. Yeah. And, and if waiters were, wait staff were paid accurately, it would mean prices are going to go yeah. up. And, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think with streaming servers, at least from what I've seen from a few people like I follow on TikTok, a few writers, it's, you know, the CEOs are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Yep. And the yeah. streaming servers that are making tons of money, I think they just cut that top down a little bit and they won't have to raise prices. But of course, that's not going to happen. How, how would that even happen? Like, how could we even do that? Would that have to be legislation for pay caps? A revolution, CEOs? a revolt? Guillotines. Yeah. yeah. Eat the rich. Yeah. Eat the rich. Yeah. Yeah. It's. This took a turn. This got a bit, bit, <laughs> yeah. of, a, bit, of, a, bit of a bummer podcast. I yeah. I didn't expect that at all. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so conflicted because I, like half of me is like eat the rich and then half of me is like be the rich. Right. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to get I'm going to get eaten. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It, it, and you just got to be OK with that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's you know, I, I wish we lived in a different world, but it's the world we live in and I don't see it changing in my lifetime. So I might as well use it to my advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. You know, I, I think work within the system was yeah. was the mantra uh, of my generation in, in, in making change. And I feel like we're seeing a bit of a, a different approach with uh, younger folks, uh, some of them ready to just tear the whole damn thing down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until that happens, you know, everyone's yeah. still got to eat. Yeah. I love Gen Z, though. Oh. I really do. I yeah. mean, I'm right I'm right on the cusp. I'm 95, so I'm okay. zillennial. Yeah. Um, but I it's crazy to me because I'm still very career focused. I'm still, I, you know, I show up to work and I mm. wear the little outfit and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've had so many Gen Z colleagues who are just like, fuck this job, man. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like they, they show up in like tube tops and I'm like, yeah. I respect it so much. Yeah. I had someone look me straight in my face and say, 
I don't care about my career at all. Like they, they were like, they were like, I'm just trying to make money so I can travel, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I was like, this is incredible. Oh, that's a right? great. You know, yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 I, but but nobody else knows what to do with them. Like their right. managers are like, how do we incentivize? Yeah. These people to work. Uh, pay them pray. accurately. Yeah, and maybe yeah. prayer. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <And> pray- <laughs> just hope it works out, yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and give them actual work that is like stimulating and important. Right. And if you know, if you're gonna give them grunt work, they're gonna feed it to ChatGPT. Yeah, and that's what you're yeah, dealing with. Yeah, the, that that and that that's the answer is that you just have to reach them on their level, and, yeah. and their level is not the same as yours. Their, mm-hmm. their needs are not the same. The problems that they recognize are not the same, and because of that, there's gonna be a bit of a, a breakdown in communication if you're not willing to adjust your perspective. Yeah, you know. I was uh, super excited. Uh, this is kind of right out of left field, but I saw a speech from uh, Pope Francis II, you know, big fan of the show. Uh, and he was saying how uh, he's giving a speech uh, in Rome and he was talking about um, how uh, people there uh, can't afford housing. Uh, the kids uh, are, are not making enough at their jobs when they're getting out of college, how they're, they're paying too much in student loans. And I was like, how is the Pope more in tune <laughs> right. than half the politicians in yeah. Oklahoma, you yeah. know, uh, kind of, you know, and, and I've, I, I've not been a hater of Pope Francis, but I'm not the biggest fan of Catholicism. What with the child rape. So I, uh, you know, it was neat to at least see some kind of acknowledgement of the current struggle from someone who is about as privileged as you get. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's like, I mean, our politicians here, they know. They yeah. just don't give a shit. Yeah. You yeah. Know? They're they're in it for their own personal gain. Which and, and I, I the worst part is is uh you know Jules you uh, you know all all three of us exactly understand the concept we just talked about it working within the system while still pursuing change where you can. They could be doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't okay, I don't know how much I agree with. I think I think we need both. I think we need people working in the system who are willing to push boundaries. And also, specifically, I'm looking at, like, the queer rights movement in the U.S., yeah. right? So what you have is in the 1950s, the Mattachine Society, which it was very, like, button up, go mm. to work, you know, we're gay, but we're you just like you, whatever. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. Like, like what worked was Stonewall riots, yeah. fuck shit yeah. up, yeah. like, you know, get... And then basically what happens is that people are like, okay, well, we don't want to go that far, so we're... Like, once you have that juxtaposition of, like, the really, you know, quote-unquote radical people compared to, like, the button-up, mm-hmm. then people are like, oh, no, 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 we, we want to go back to the Mattachine Society. We're, like, yeah. no, we'll go back to that. That's fine if, if that's the, the option. So I, I think we need both. I think yeah. you can't yeah. just have people no, right. working in the system. I think yeah. you need people who are willing to be a little a little radical to, to actually yeah. initiate change. To, to, Without that, you don't have a kind of a clear guide to what to push toward. Yeah. You know, and you don't, and, and people who are set in their ways don't have any motivation. Yeah. Right. Like if, if you're just working in the system and you're like kind of pushing here and there, they're like, ah, you know, whatever, you know, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, but if there's a threat of like, oh, like this could get wildly different, like way, way different than you know, the people who are kind of trying to just sit in the same place, they're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. wait, wait, we want, we'll go this far, but not that far. Right. Right. Yeah. But if you just give them the little 
inch, they're like, we, we, we don't even want to go that far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, it, there needs to be that push and pull. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think I agree. Yeah. It's it's because it, you, you don't want that stagnation that would come otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and unfortunately, if there isn't some kind of push for the inertia, it's never going to get started. Yeah. 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 I'm never going to start a revolution myself, but if one <laughs> happens, I'm going to be out there. Yeah. I'll be I'll be marching along with them, but I'm not going to start it. Yeah. 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 You'll provide I, the space. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'll make some Molotovs. I'll hand them out. <laughs> but yeah, somebody else has got to jumpstart it first. I love yeah. it. Well, and you know, hey, Gen Z, if you're listening, uh, just just you, you light the match. We'll we'll follow. Yeah. You know, so, but uh, you know, at the same time too, it's it's very easy for that kind of attitude to become do nothing. So, so it's, it's one thing that I do keep continue to find myself doing is, is is venturing into two places online that idealistically um, may make me a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it kind of helps remind me that there are so many examples where the struggle is so much bigger than what I see day to day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good reminder for me to not get, complacent in my limited perspective Mm -hmm. um uh, you know i still i I have a ton of privilege through you know straight passing cisgenderedness and all that so it's uh it's very easy to not see all that if i chose not to yeah Mm -hmm. and especially in a state like oklahoma where everything is so suppressed anyways Mm -hmm. it's easy to just you know turtle it and pretend it's not happening yeah Yeah. but absolutely but uh, on the flip though i will say though that i have enjoyed um the since I'm no longer working in TV news, unfollowing all the civic organizations in town, <laughs> like so many police departments and yeah. city governments. Yeah, 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 so I'm yeah. just like, I'm done. I'm done. Unfollow. Unfollow yeah. Wasso. I don't care what your police are doing. Oh, Wasso. You know? <laughs> so. The the moment that I realized like where, like where Tulsa was is the right-wing president of Brazil, the country that I'm mm-hmm. from, Bolsonaro, yeah. came to Broken Arrow, mm-hmm. which is like... 30 minutes from here. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? When was this? Like a few, a few months ago, like oh earlier this year, I he was not, just, I didn't know that. He just came to kick it with the broken arrow. What the fuck? Whatever, city council or something. Yeah, isn't that insane? What the fuck? So every, like everybody screenshotted the tweet and was like, why is, why is your former president in, wow. in broken arrow? And I was like, oh, I don't think I, like I, I kind of understood the politics in Oklahoma before then, but I feel like that really like made yeah. it hit home. Well, I was like, like, well, oh. and, and it's hard too because Tulsa, like the majority of Oklahoma, is very right wing, very shitty. But Tulsa itself is generally, yeah, progressive. Yeah, generally okay. So we do have a little bubble where it's like, oh no, we're getting better. But then you look at the state as a whole and you're like, ah, oh, we fucking suck. And yeah. and Broken yeah. Arrow, which is out right outside Tulsa, yeah. is once again very right wing. Yes, very conservative. Yeah. Yeah. I live in Bixby, and Bixby's not terrible just because it's so much smaller. Yeah. But even just like anytime I have to go to Broken Arrow, it's just like that's when you start seeing all the Trump flags and everything. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But interestingly, also where you see like the poly community is thriving. Really? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh. oh yeah. You go on. Do you know about Field? No, I don't know Field. <laughs> Uh, this is saying way too much about me. But, <laughs> um, you heard from a friend. Yeah, I heard. Fr- I heard from a friend. Maybe. Um, Field is like it, it's Tinder for like kinky poly oh, okay. folks. Okay. If you go on Field, 
every everyone is in broken, They're all broken arrow, arrow. Okay. everyone is in like like families people who are married to like police officers and have children and they are on this app oh wow Holy shit. Mm-hmm. yeah well actually some of those uh some of those um real conservative uh fellows in uh um uh, broken arrow are also on an app that i'm familiar with it's called grinder <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I have seen yeah. a few of them yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, i'm not gonna lie i have ventured to broken arrow occasionally <laughs> you know you gotta do what you gotta do uh and i did them <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh man, you guys ready to pick some plugs? Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the um, uh, Tulsa Comedy Fund. Uh, where can yeah. they learn more about it? So currently, right now, just my Facebook page. Okay. So <laughs> it, 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 Jules Costa. Um, I'm I'm putting out surveys. I'm trying to be very transparent about what I know and what I don't know. Um, so nothing's like quite started yet. We will have. Um, a show on August 27th. Great. Um, details still to come, okay. but, uh, you know, I, I'll be posting about that. I'm also on Instagram, Jules the Traveler. Um, so I'll be posting on my personal social media. Eventually, we're going to get ramped up and, and put everything on an official website. Uh, yeah. and, and this is, uh, you, you, you talk about how this is still kind of in the early stages, but you've been moving at a steady pace. Like, I, I, I have been very impressed with how fast you went from idea and information gathering to the next step. And and I, I, and I guess this really is just a testament to your business background, but you're, you're staying on track, and that's great to see. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've learned from the past that if you start too strong, you're going to burn out. So I try to just make weekly goals to say, this is what I'm going to figure mm-hmm. out this week. We're going to make incremental progress so that we can actually get this thing off the ground. So by the end of the year, fingers crossed, if everything goes to plan, um, we'll be able to actually issue stipends to Tulsa comedians. Nice. Oh, cool. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Tulsa Comics, if you're listening, uh, check out Jules's page to learn more. And at a state comics, uh, you know, just hope, hope, you know, hope and pray that there's a Jules in your town. <laughs> <laughs> well, and reach out if you have venues where we can send our comedians to, because that's a big part of the fund there is you go. Yeah. we want to fund their travel over there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, any picks you want to share with uh, the listeners? Anything you're into that you think that other people would enjoy? Yes. Um, it's it's not brand new, but Mae Martin has a uh, show on Netflix called Feel Good. And I binged that shit. I was, it was so good and is one of the most nuanced looks at, like, really tough topics of like trauma and sexual assault and those kinds of things. Um, just really, really nuanced. And I think in the era that we're in where it feels very black and white and it feels like there's winners and losers for Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just really impressed at how Mae Martin was able to approach this topic with nuance, but also like so much care, Nice, you know? So I, I definitely recommend feel good. Feel good. And that's on Netflix. All right, Cam, got any uh, uh, plugs to talk about? Got a, got a business people can come visit? Uh, yeah, come check out Critical Hit, um, 71st and Memorial. If you like Dungeons & Dragons, Magic the Gathering, any tabletop games, got a lot of board games, um, come in, check the place out, play some games. We do an Adventures League every Monday, so if you ever just want to jump in on a and d game, Mondays at 6, come in, jump in on one, have some fun. That's been really cool. I, I, I'm hoping to come out and catch that. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. How does that work? Like is that, it, So it, it's uh, we're doing a West Marches style, which is um, uh, 
just like a series of one shots every week. Right now we're working off Radiant Citadel, which is sort of like just a series of connected one shots. We've got usually about three tables going. We get like 15 to 20 people in every every night. Um, and and you, yeah. can, you can come this week, but skip next week exactly, and come yeah. back. We keep track of your character on the Discord. You upload it on there. And then every time you show up, you get points that you can use. And if you show up enough, you get enough points. You can use them for like discounts in the shop. Uh, free table rental, stuff like that. Fuck me. Cool. Yeah. That sounds great. Got a pick to share? Uh, I just beat Jedi Survivor, new Star Wars game. That was really fun. Um, had a lot of fun with it. So if you like Star Wars, check that out. Did you do it on PC or PS5? Uh, Xbox. Oh, Xbox. It's yeah. on Xbox as well. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. Um, I uh, don't have a ton to plug. I'm going to pl- plug the uh, 19th annual 80s prom coming to the Canes Ballroom this Saturday, May 20th. Uh, the best in burlesque, drag, and pole dancing, and of course, tons of gorgeous art from local creators. A uh, friend of the show, Zach Raw, has got two original pieces in the show. We're excited to see those. And you get to see me on stage cracking jokes and handing out sex toys, so I hope you will come and join us there. If you need tickets, nudeartshow.com, happening as, as it has been lately at the beautiful Canes Ballroom. I hope to see you there. And pick um, I've been reading comics, uh, as I am known to do. Uh, started a new series by Green Arrow uh, this week uh, by Joshua Williamson, who I have been raving on my podcast, OK Geek, about what a great job he's doing on Superman. And that new Green Arrow was great. So I'm, I've been a big fan of Ollie and, and his crew for a minute. And I wasn't going to stay on this book, but I'm going to probably sign up for it. So. Nice. So I'm excited for, uh, to keep staying on that. And Joshua Williamson, I'm 90% sure that's his name, has just been killing it. So if you need a, a writer to follow, uh, check out his work. And that's it. Jules, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. And Cam, thanks for being the co-host. Of course. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll check in with Mike and see uh, how he felt about The Cure when we see you guys next week. <laughs> Take it from me. I love you. <laughs>